what the Bible says. Remember when we were talking about good, good father? Um, this is what the Bible says. Anybody struggle with fear? Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. Struggle with some fear in their life. This is what the Word of God says. This is Romans 8, verse 15. Remember this. This is going to help you out if you struggle with fear. Paul writes in the book of Romans, he says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. How many of you know that when fear comes on you, it makes you a slave? Like it's all consuming. You try and talk yourself out of it. You try and think the best case scenario, but really it's just like fear is gripping. It like just put you in handcuffs and made you a slave. You guys know what I'm talking about? So you're not a slave to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. It means that we reign with him. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. But what I want to talk about real quick, and it might lead into other stuff. We'll just see what happens. But um, how many thought that was a weird word when I said, Abba, Father? Abba Father, I got right. It's kind of A B B A, Abba. <laughs> Abba. I think I might have mentioned this before, but the word Abba, in its in its purest form, isn't really even a word. It's a description of like an utterance. It's a description of a sound. Like you know how babies, when they're little and they're trying so hard to say dad, like dog. And they're just useless and cute and, like, they can't really figure it out because their brain hasn't gotten that good yet. Right? And they're just, da, 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 Right? Oh, that's what kids are. They're just cavemen. They're, they just. All right, but they're, like, looking up to their dad and they, like, want something and they just make that sound. And you know it means dad, but it doesn't really, they didn't really say dad. You just kind of know, like, they're reaching up. Like, in its purest form, that's what that word actually means. It's not like a, it's not a real word. It's a description of a sound. So what they're saying is that, like, we're kids, and we have a dad, and, like, we just, sometimes we don't know exactly how to say it or what to say or, like, how to even approach this, this God that's our, supposed to be our father, and we can't really fully get our heads around it. So sometimes we just look up and we go, dad, right? But it's kind of awesome. Like, there's nothing too crazy about it. Like, there's not, there's not a whole lot that entails of a kid, right? Like, think of, think of a, a natural father. And sometimes that can be a stumbling block. Some of our natural dads aren't the best dudes in the entire planet. But I just challenge you to ask God to renew your mind and what a father actually looks like. I'm serious because he's a good one. And so, as a baby, we, we, we're kind of useless. We're pooping. We're peeing. We're being fed, like, just, just useless. Contribute nothing. But the awesome thing is we contribute nothing to our father, but then we just go, Ugh. and then he, like, gives us some food. It's a great deal. Or we just go, Ugh. and then he changes our diaper. Right? And so what I want you to get is that, like, that is our relationship with God. Like, it's, there's nothing too crazy about it. There's not, like, a whole lot of hoops you have to jump through. Like, 
just says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth and you're saved and you become a child of God and then you just go, Abba. All right? And they change your diaper because sometimes we make a mess. <laughs> and um, I was talking to my friend a couple days ago. I'm just going to rant. Is that cool? I'm just going to rant for a minute. I was talking to my friend Chad the other day. One of my mentors, one of my best friends, and we are both um, in a similar position in life. Um, we both work for a church, and uh, we've both been Christians a little while. I've been a Christian a couple years, you know, and so you start thinking that you're kind of like in this flow, and I start thinking, man, like, like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty good guy. That sounds, that might sound weird, but you know, like I'm a pretty good dude. I don't cuss that much. Like I, I love my wife and faithful to her, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not like stealing, oh, you know, but like on the, on the outside, like, like, I, at sometimes like, like I think I got those things figured out, uh-oh, there goes Ryan on the ground, <laughs> sorry buddy, right, and so, so we we're thinking like, man, so on the out, on the, on the outside, like we're, we're pretty good dudes in the world's eyes, I don't mean to sound prideful in that, it's just like, yeah, like, I walk down the street, I say hi to people when the girl gives me coffee at Andrini's. Whitney, what's up? What's up? Um, I say thank you. Like, I, I, I genuinely care that she's having a good day. And, and when I leave, I say thank you so much. That was the worst coffee I've ever had, but you're great. <laughs> um, right? So on the, out, on the outward, like, in, the, in terms of morality and, like, this, this spiritual checklist and just, you know, on the outside, like, I'm, I'm a pretty good dude, but it re- what it really came down to is, like, I don't think that's, like, the, the end of this, right? Like, I don't think, I don't think just me being a good dude, like, I, don't, I think there has to be a, a ton more to this, right? Because I could do that on my own, you know? I could, I could read the Bible, and I could just say, well, be a good dude is basically what it says. And then I could say, well, I guess I'm just going to go be a good dude, but when I really started thinking about it, I was like, man, there has to be more, right? Like, I don't think God knit me in my mother's womb, knew every detail. He made these awesome fingernails, the hair on my head. He knows them all. He knows how many hairs are on my head. And, oh, my gosh. Don't make me take this off right now. <laughs> this shirt has holes in it, too, so you, you see it. It's my favorite shirt, but it's full of holes. Um, right? He doesn't know the number. Like, he, he knows. He knows me. And it says that every day of my life was written in a book. And I just don't think he went through that much trouble and then put on skin and bones, came down from heaven, died on a cross, rose again, this whole dramatic scene, the best thing that's ever happened in the entire world. I just don't think he went through all that to, for just me to just be a good dude. You know? Like, that, that just seems so anticlimactic. You know when you watch a movie and you're, like, waiting for something awesome to happen, but just nothing really awesome happens, and then it ends, and you're like, well, that was lame. Give me my $17 back, Regal, or however much it costs. It's ridiculous. And so basically what I came down to, what I resolved is that, like, I want a relationship with Jesus. And I know that sounds cliche, and it can sound elementary, and I'm a pastor, and I should be on to far greater things. But what it came down to last week was like, man, I, I really want, like the Bible says, like it says that we can approach him with boldness. 
AKA, we can be brave in approaching God. And it's not just like this rule book from a distance and this God that's in the sky, and then I just do these good things. And then one day when I stand before him, he'll say, okay, come on in. You were a good dude. Like when I see him, when I die and I see him face to face, like I want it to be like, what's up, dude? Long time no see, right? Like we've had something invested in this relationship. Like when I see a friend I haven't seen in a while, it's like we start right back up. You know what I mean? Like you can not talk to someone for a while and then you see him and then it's like you were never apart. That's how I want it to be with Jesus. When I get before him, it's like I knew him this whole time. And then, and then when I get there, uh, I've heard a guy, how crazy is this? This guy, Dean, he went to heaven. He died. Yeah, you know? He died. He went to heaven. And you know he said, you know how, so in my mind, it, there's big pearly gates and then there's this giant book. And it's got all these names in it, like a Santa, Santa Claus thing. You're on the good list. You're on the naughty list. <laughs> you know, you did bad in your life, so see you in hell. You're right, like, whoa. Um, right, like, that's what I picture. I'm, like, so scared. But you know what he said when he got before Jesus, and he was about to be judged, as we all will be one day. It's just the reality of how this thing ends. He said, you know how Jesus judged if you made it into heaven or not? Is if he saw some of himself in your eyes. That's crazy, huh? Like if Jesus looks you in the eyes and he sees some of himself in there. Don't smile like that. It's too awesome. (laughs) That's Jesus' smile. So what that means to me is like I want to know this guy. Like I I don't want to just read about him. I don't want to sit in church and hear about him. I just want to show up to youth group and hang out and and see him from a distance. Like I want to know this guy so when I get to heaven, he'll look me in the eyes and see some of himself. And so the only way that happens is if I get to know him. Let me tell you a little history real quick, and I'm going to be done, I think. Um, what used to happen in the Old Testament, you guys know there was an Old Testament and New Testament. You guys know what I'm talking about? Old Testament that Jesus came. We're living in the New Testament. If you don't get all, uh, explain it later as best as I can. Before, when people sinned, there was one guy, and this one guy, once a year, would gather some animals, and he would go into this place called the Holy of Holies. It was in this elaborate temple. It was lined with gold. There's these big wooden doors. It was like the most beautiful mansion you've ever seen. But the thing about it is that no one could really go inside. But this one guy, and he was a brave guy. This guy, this guy was brave. Because if he went in there, and he wasn't completely purified, he'd put on these clothes, he would cleanse himself, and he would get right before God like he was holy. But it, what would happen is his, his friends would tie a rope around his waist because there was potential that he would just die in there if he wasn't holy. Because he was going before God with a sacrifice, and that sacrifice was to cleanse the sins of everybody in the community. So that he was the brave guy. He was just going for it, right? Like, that's brave. Like, you don't know if you're coming out, you have a rope attached to you. 50-50 chance. It's terrible odds, by the way. And so this guy was brave. And so that's what they had to do over and over. Once a year, sweet, we got to go offer our sacrifice. And the blood of these animals is going to make us right with God. And then the accumulation of guilt and condemnation, all these things would build up. And then the next year, oh, okay, he didn't die. And then again, ah, oh, he didn't die. But what the Bible says in Hebrews is that Jesus was that high priest once and for all. So what that means for you and that what, what that means for me is that we don't have to wait for one guy to go into that room once a year to cleanse us from our sins. 
What that means is that every single day that we can approach God with boldness, it's a promise in his word, that we can approach him bravely. You know what God told me during worship two weeks ago? We were singing that song, You Make Me Brave. You guys ever heard that song? You make me brave. I'm good, huh? You make me brave. <laughs> so we were singing that song, and in my head I started thinking about all these brave things I could do. This is my last thought. All these brave things I could do, right? Like this, get in front of people with a microphone. Now that's pretty brave, right? Yeah, and the outward's pretty brave. Or, or I could sell everything. I could sell my house, and me and my wife could sell our cars, and we could just take off to Africa and just trust God for everything. That'd be pretty brave, right? That'd be, in our eyes, we'd call that a brave move, or fill in the blank, whatever the bravest thing you could do is. But what God told me is the bravest thing I could ever do is approach him face to face. Like there's nothing more brave I can do because that's almighty God, the creator of everything, the creator of me, the creator of you, like the one we've read about, like this superstar creator, the one who loves us. And the bravest thing I could do, the bravest thing you could do is just approach him face to face and get to know him. It's kind of crazy, right? And it says that we have gained access to this. I got to find it in the Bible. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Ready? Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that may we receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I'm going to end with this. I said it on Sunday as well in youth group. Therefore, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. That changed my life. God, Jesus, if this is so foreign to you, this, here it is. Jesus came to earth. He died a brutal death for, for me and for you. And on the third day, he rose again. We've heard that, right? But how crazy is this? Now he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and he just prays for you all day long. And he prays for Michaela and Ozzy. He prays for me. He prays for Daniel. And that's just what he does. And he looks down on earth, and he prays for us. And his desire and his intention is that we would just do awesome in life. And that and that it says that, that, uh, that one that he would make all grace abound to us, that he's at heaven praying for us. Like he has the best intention. He's interceding for us. He's intervening. And what Jesus told me in my closet the other day when I was hanging out my jacket, he said, I didn't just die for your sins. I live for your sins as well. So he's alive and he's praying for me that I would live a righteous life that I would live a life that's right with God, that I would live a life that I would know him and seek him and that my friends would know him and seek him and that my school would be changed and that my house would be changed, my family would be changed, right? That it just comes down to looking him in the face. And one day, he's going to look in your face and he's going to see some of himself. I, I, I trust that. There's hope. Yeah? I just ranted for a while. That's written in my journal somewhere, a prompt somewhere. Um, but what I want to do, that could have made no sense to you, but the awesome thing is God's a good teacher, even if I'm not. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song, whatever you want to sing real quick. Um, and I, I challenge you, if you've never done this before, close your eyes and just say, God, I want to know you. And I promise 
he says that he knocks on the door of our heart, and if we open it, he'll come in and commune with us. So right now, he's knocking on your heart. He's knocking on the door of your heart. And if we just take a few minutes and you close your eyes as we worship and just say, God, I just want to know you. That when I get to heaven and I stand face be face before you, that you would see some of yourself in me. So let's sing for a minute. And we're not going to do groups. and I'll pray after. But is that okay? Can we just take like five minutes? Maybe three minutes. Two minutes? God can do it in three seconds, so it doesn't really matter. Let's take three minutes. And so I, I challenge you, close your eyes, focus on Jesus, and let him reveal himself to you. Yeah? Let's do it. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the way. You make me brave, you make me brave, no fear can hinder now the promise that you made. You make me brave, you make me brave, you call me out beyond the shore into the way. You make me brave, you make me brave, no fear can hinder now the love that's made away. You make me brave, you make me brave, you call me out beyond the shore and to the way. You make me brave. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now the promise that you made. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. You make me brave. You make me brave. Crushes over me, crushes over me, for you are for us, you are not against us, 
champion of heaven, you made a way for all to enter in. Thank you, Jesus, that you made a way for us. That through your brutal death on the cross with us in mind, it gained us access to you for the rest of our lives. And it was once and for all, and nothing we could ever do could separate us from the love of God. We thank you for it. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that would go with us, for your presence that dwells among us. That we'd be a light in a dark world, that we'd be hope in a hopeless world, and that we'd be food and drink to the hungry and the thirsty. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you keep?